Hi everyone, I'm John Offord, I'm a broadcaster based in the UK and welcome to Different Minds, a podcast series that looks at neurodiversity, the different ways our brains can work and interpret information. Today we're going to talk about schizophrenia. I'm delighted to be joined by Rachel Starr with us. Rachel is the host of the Inside Schizophrenia podcast and a mental health advocate who lives with schizophrenia. Rachel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, John. No worries. Thank you for joining us today. So, Rachel, just tell us a bit about yourself. Whereabouts are you in the world and how how are you coping with lockdown right now? Okay. Well, I am from South Carolina, the United States, which is where I'm at now. Um, And I know it's a big difference between the UK and here as far as the the response to everything. So I kind of think the US is a little behind on probably where you are out you all are at in response <laughs> with you with COVID. Um, but yeah, um, I pretty much I work for myself. So I'm very fortunate that a lot of things haven't affected me with COVID. Um, I did work a part time job and they shut down in April and they have not opened back up. And I personally don't think they will. So yeah, it's, it's we still have a lot of businesses that are starting to kind of close or admit they won't be reopening. So it's interesting. Yeah. Absolutely interesting times, yeah. So Rachel, tell us a bit about what you do. So I know that you are obviously an entertainer, a speaker, a video producer. You have appeared on quite a lot of TV programs, um, including America's Got Talent. And I know that you're quite a, pretty much an advocate in terms of talking and documenting your own um, schizophrenia and, and, and basically letting others know that they're not alone and that they can obviously live amazing and fruitful lives. So I just... Um, yeah, just tell us a bit about your, your career and what you do. Well, I the main thing I do is I'm an entertainer and I like to produce media, all different types, whether um, it's like clips for TV shows, whether it's um, I get to do stunt work sometimes. Uh, recently, I just put out some uh, kids comic books actually dealing with mental health. Um, I just love creating stuff. And years ago, I started creating and... Just for fun, I decided to start documenting my schizophrenia. So I just kind of, you know, started making some videos about it and then just kind of kept on making videos <laughs> and it, it grew from there. I accidentally made one of the um, longest video documentations of a schizophrenic ever um, and it was just me recording myself. So yeah, it's wow. used in a few different classrooms and different colleges around the, the world, actually. So Sorry to any kids out there who have to see me in their in their college books. <laughs> so just tell us um, tell us what is the schizophrenia. So schizophrenia is my definition is it's a mental disorder and it's just the brain working differently. Um, there's okay. so many, and we you know between the different countries, of course, but where it's mental illness, mental disorders, things like that. To me, it's just your brain working differently somehow. Can you tell us a bit about when you were diagnosed with schizophrenia and and, and how that was for you at the time? Well, I actually, I grew up seeing monsters, um, hallucinating, and I thought that was just part of being a kid. Um, You know, you, you grow up hearing monsters under your bed, monsters in your closet. I just assumed everyone saw the monsters. So I... I didn't really, you know, I just thought this is being a kid. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that I said something about it. And my friends were like, what are you talking about? 
And I was like, oh, oh my. Not everyone sees the monsters. My bad. Um, and I actually wasn't diagnosed fully with schizophrenia until around age 20. And what? And how do you diagnose someone with schizophrenia? What actually happens? Well, I went to, I'd been to um, some doctors from, even when I was like a kid, just like counselors, but I hadn't went to like a full psychiatrist or anything until um, age 20. And it was kind of like you sat down, you talked a lot. Um, they would ask you different questions about symptoms and they would have you kind of do like a, I guess a, not a written test, but it was like a, a test where it was like, how often do you yeah, hallucinate and write down your hallucinations kind of thing. And at that time I was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which, um, sometimes schizophrenia is broken up into different kind of, uh, categories. And back then paranoid was one of them. So that was original, little, sorry. That was originally my diagnosis was paranoid schizophrenic. How did it make you feel once you got that diagnosis? Honestly, it, it was kind of a relief, you know, could have someone be like, hey, this is a thing. You're not just weird, you know, and be like, oh, so other people are going through this exact same thing. I'm not alone. Yeah, interesting. And I just wondered if you could tell us maybe what the early signs of schizophrenia are. What are the, the symptoms? I think most people have seen some type of horror movie and things like that. And of course, like the easiest way to make the killer scary is they're insane. And you'll sometimes hear them diagnosed, you know, with schizophrenia or something, but I promise it's, it's not that exciting. Um, mainly is you, you hear voices or sounds. A lot of the times um, I hear like, it, it sounds like scratching in the walls, um, ticking, things like that. I'll hear my name being called. I have a lot of visual hallucinations, kind of, I call them monsters, and they're just kind of, sometimes they're dark figures, sometimes they're full on, it's hard to describe, but like a monster, but nothing like I, I've ever seen in a movie, okay? Um, and the biggest thing with schizophrenia is disorganized thoughts. It's kind of, you get confused, and sometimes things that, like, I'll be like writing, and I'll think it makes sense. And then the next day I'll go back and be like, oh, dear God, I wrote gibberish for an hour. <laughs> so, but at the time I thought, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, do you, do you know what, what causes schizophrenia? I think that's technically still up for debate. Um, I'm on the bandwagon of you're born with it. Like it's just kind of, you know, yeah. nothing you have control over. But I, I know that. Yeah, there's still quite a few theories because I don't think they really know. And I just read on the internet that there, there was a mention that there were four symptoms of schizophrenia. I just wondered if you could tell us a bit about that. The main symptoms of schizophrenia is going to be the delusions and the hallucinations. So the difference there, a hallucination might be like a voice or seeing something that's not really there. And then you have a delusion where that's you believe something. Um, so for instance, one that you'll, that's very common is that the person will have paranoid delusions that let's say the government is after them or someone's like plotting something. Uh, one of my friends who also has schizophrenia, she, I mean, it, I don't know how, but it got into her head once that she was basically like the second coming of God. And she had to go in search of a Mayan temple. Like it was, it was crazy. And her family did step in. They had to, 
but it's just, yeah, it'll be like kind of odd delusions. Um, and there's no, you know, there is no trying to talk to someone and say, Hey, you know, you're being silly about this. It's just, yeah, it's just a mind kind of, the mind gets confused. There were, there were different types of schizophrenia. Yes. And um, throughout, and especially the past like 20 years, so much of what they're learning about mental disorders has changed. So they've kind of come up with different classifications of things. They've kind of moved stuff around, um, made new diagnoses. But yeah, so like I said, I initially was given paranoid schizophrenia. And then some of the others, I think there's a catatonic version. Those are, if you've ever, I can't even really think of an example, but you, you really get lost inside inside your brain. Um, yep. A person kind of like fully shuts down. Yeah. And, what, and there's also, I guess, residual schizophrenia and mm -hmm. um, undifferentiated schizophrenia. Yeah. Uh, differentiated. The di that one I had a hard time saying. That one's also a, a real common one that they would diagnose because that's like, you definitely have schizophrenia, but you don't fit into any of these categories. Yeah. yeah. And so much um, they found that like over time, let's say someone's diagnosed with catatonic schizophrenia, well then let's say five years later, it seems that the schizophrenia had kind of changed. They might be more paranoid and so the, the diagnoses, all of them kind of follow under schizophrenia. <laughs> but yes, there are categories and whatnot under that. What do you think can trigger um, schizophrenia? I know, I mean, and I can only talk for me personally. Um, what makes it worst is stress. I know a lot of times they say people's first psychotic break is after like, you know, a big life change, whether it's, you know, school, family situation, but something like that. Um, on like small levels, if I don't sleep, I get bad very, very quickly. I'll start to kind of go psychotic and get confused real easily. So at, like every two days, if I haven't slept, I, I have to take a sleeping pill because I know I'll go downhill so quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and how is schizophrenia treated then, Rachel? So schizophrenia, it's treated mainly through, um, using different medications, antipsychotics, antidepressants. Usually there'll be like a combination of the two. Um, and then it's always good, I think, to see a therapist, psychologist also that can kind of help you with uh, the day-to-day -day living, dealing with everything. So it's a little mixture of psychotherapy and medication. Is it difficult sometimes to come to terms with a diagnosis like that? And given that it's uh, there's a lot still misunderstood about you know mental health and there's a lot of stigma still attached to mental health across the globe, how easy is it for you to to be open and honest? And obviously you have that self awareness to to talk about it openly to to friends and family and e and even strangers for that matter. I always say that in a lot of ways that I'm, I don't want to say blessed, but it really worked out well that I was able to accept my diagnosis um, just because I had, I knew for so long that like something's wrong here. I, I, okay, other people are not experiencing, you know, monsters, hearing people talking to them that aren't there. So I knew something was wrong. Like, um, whereas a lot of times you'll hear that people have a hard time accepting the diagnosis because it'll seem like it'll come up out of you know, out of nowhere, you'll think you're fine. And then suddenly you might have a very severe psychotic break. 
Um, I'm also, like I said, an entertainer. So it's great because I can blabber about schizophrenia all I want. And it really does not affect my job. But let's say I worked with children. Let's say I worked in like the medical field. You know, I probably would not be as open about, you know, my disorder because I could easily see that that affecting a lot of things. Um, And I definitely have over the years become more comfortable talking about it. So on that level, then, can, can, can a person with schizophrenia live a normal life? Hmm. I, I think they can find their way to live a normal life. You're going to have to adjust. There, I, you know, and it's just you're going to have to you know, say, hey, I can't do certain things, but I can do other things. I always tell that, like, the world wasn't made for people with schizophrenia. You know, if you're born with only one arm, the world isn't made for people with one arm. You have to adjust, and it's the same thing. Um, I'm 35, and I still live at home with my parents. I know, super cool. But it's because I, I can't live alone. I get really um, weird, very weird quickly. It's just not good for me to be alone. Um, my parents are awesome. They know they have to kind of check on me at least once a day to make sure that I'm um, functioning okay. How, you know, you just talked about your parents mm-hmm. there. So how, how are friends and family with you in terms of, you know, supporting you and understanding when you are going through a, maybe a difficult patch? My immediate family, um, my mom, dad, brother and his wife, like they're all absolutely wonderful. Um, they've kind of been, you know, understood that, hey, this is just something Rachel gets weird sometimes. We might need to, you know, kind of step in and help her with little things. Um And to anyone out there who's like, wow, I wish my family understood, it does take a while. Um, My parents, when they learned my diagnosis, they, you know, they had to learn to accept it too. It wasn't just, oh, okay, that's cool. So if you're out there and you're stressing about telling your parents about the diagnosis or you want, you know, to share it with your family, don't be upset if they don't accept it right away. Give them time. It's a big adjustment. Yeah. And have you ever kind of um, experienced any um, ignorance or, um, you know, people that don't react too well to when you when you talk about the condition that you have? Oh, absolutely. Um, When it comes, I've always had a uh, part time job that I just it's just good for me to go and interact with people just, you know, even though if it's not like for money kind of thing. So whenever I have different like part-time jobs, I'll usually tell them whether it's an HR person of human resources, or if it's like my direct manager or whatever, um, I'll tell them about my schizophrenia. One of the things that I personally can't do is I can't deal with money. Um, The disorganized thinking that comes with schizophrenia, I get very, very confused. So if you give me like a, you know, a pile of money, like, okay, Rachel, count this. Every time I count it, you will get a different number. <laughs> so I do have to be kind of upfront when it comes to certain jobs, you know, and I'll just say, hey, if there any way that we can find a way around this particular problem. With that, um, I've had one manager would make fun of me saying that he, I mean, he knew I had schizophrenia. I had told him and he would like make fun of the, me to the staff saying, oh my God, you know, Rachel looks like she's on drugs. You know, times when I would get confused, he would make fun of me. And it was just kind of an ignorance thing. I wasn't offended. I was just kind of annoyed. <laughs> like, um, but I've never had a situation of outright, like, 
someone attacking me or anything. I've definitely gotten a lot of hate emails <laughs> and comments. I always tell people if you're if you're going to make a YouTube video, don't read the comments. <laughs> but also, I guess on the other side of the coin, I'm sure you've had lots of. Uh, support as well from friends, family, and and even kind of people in in a work setting as well. Would that be would that be fair to say too? Yes, um, I would say real life people are a lot more hesitant. Whereas um, it's really cool because when I do make a video and I put it out online or a podcast or something, I'll say something that I'll think is just oh this just has to be one of my quirks. Like I'll say about a certain type of hallucination I have. Um, and all of a sudden, these people will reach out to me and be like, oh, my gosh, Rachel, I have the exact same thing. And it's incredible because people like I don't even know who experience, you know, schizophrenia or even depression or other types of mental disorders. They'll go out of their way to connect with you. And I'll get so many like we're talking five paragraph emails from people, you know, through Instagram or whatever, who just saw a video clip and they just wanted to reach out and be like, hey. I have this thing too. I just want you to know you're not alone. And that's just really, that's the coolest thing to me is that just, yeah, how supportive some people can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just wondered, Rachel, if having schizophrenia, does, how does that work in terms of having relationships? Are there, are there any challenges there? Well, I am single. So, you know, if you want to <laughs> pop my picture up with the podcast, go ahead, throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> just say make sure it's a good picture though <laughs> um i i i'm my answer is yes i think there's the problem of the actual schizophrenia itself makes it hard for me to um connect with people and then i think yeah there is a definitely a stigma it's hard to bring it up i personally i am very upfront about the schizophrenia because i don't want to let's say fall for someone and five weeks later, they find out I have schizophrenia and then they leave. I much rather you just not want to go out with me to start with. Mm. Um, so does that scare away a lot of people? Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I rather them be scared away at the beginning than to me get attached. Ultimately, you are obviously you have uh, obviously lots of self-awareness and you are incredibly open. And obviously, that's um, a good thing for anyone to uh you know, to be that way, isn't it? Whatever they have or don't have. So I guess that's, um, you know, really. On that note, just because we hadn't um, hit on it yet. So I'm what's called a high functioning schizophrenic, meaning that, yeah, for the most part, you wouldn't probably know right unless I told you I had schizophrenia, unless maybe you saw me at like a really hard time. Um, so if you're out there and you're thinking, well, my friend has schizophrenia, you know, how come they can't talk as well? How come... At times you're really good and at times you can be really bad. So there is no like, it's not like having the flu where you're going to see someone and they all act the same. Yeah. Anytime you have a mental disorder, you're going to have good days and bad days. Certain times of your life where you're going to be more high functioning. You know, I did used to live alone. And then times when I just, I have to have someone come and like make sure I'm eating because I'm not. So just throwing that out there about the, how they function, how our brains function. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really, really, really interesting. Is that, in terms of like a high functioning schizophrenic, is that is that a, is that a um, is that an American term or is that kind of used quite a, on a global scale or is it kind of I guess it varies depending on the country, right? 
I, I'm, I'm going to say it varies with the country, maybe. Yeah. It's something yeah. I'd actually never heard it until um, a few years ago. One of my psychiatrists said that, yeah, you're, I was like really one of the highest, you know, highest functioning ones she had at the time. And I was like, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe it's yeah more of a recent thing where they're trying to yeah. still classify yeah, definitely. I just wondered if you touched on this earlier, if you can just tell me a bit about, um, you know, the media representation of, of schizophrenia. So in terms of obviously um, there is, you know, obviously the media tend to sometimes go for stereotypes. Uh, and I just wondered what, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I mean, the word schizophrenia, I mean, it has a Z in it. So it's just like a really great word to use in a horror movie. It's just like, it, it works. And I get that. Um, unfortunately, though, yes, yeah, schizophrenic people are usually the bad guy. They're usually like the horror movie character that's just killing for no no reason. The serial rapists, uh, the stalkers. You know, in real life, schizophrenics are not that interesting. <laughs> um, people always ask me, Rachel, have you ever killed anyone? And I'm like, I mean, not yet. <laughs> and that usually ends the questioning. But, you know, I it bothers me some, but I, I kind of know there's no nothing I can do other than just be myself. And that way when people meet me or let's say they see a video, they're probably going to be like, oh, she's not very serial killery at all she seems she would really be a terrible serial killer she talks too much what advice would you give someone that's perhaps listening to this podcast and maybe they're struggling a bit now with their mental health and you know they're they're kind of relating to a lot of what you, you've been saying what what advice would you would you say to them whatever it is whether it's depression whether it's you're worried about um a mania you know bipolar different things like that or you're worried about yeah hallucinations get help. Like get help. I always tell people write down what, what it is. That way, when you go to the doctor, you don't like chicken out, <laughs> you know, you'll be like, okay. Cause a lot of times we'll be like, Oh, I have this horrible thing. But then you actually get to the doctor and you're embarrassed to kind of tell them, write it out that way. If you're not, you know, if you get nervous, you can just hand in the sheet of paper. Hey, this is what I've been going through psychiatrist or whoever, but get help. Um, getting help is terrifying and it's one of the most bravest things you can do. And you're absolutely worth it. What's the best advice someone ever gave you, Rachel, in life in general? About two years ago, I, had, I switched over to seeing a new therapist. And we were talking about, and it was like, I think my first meeting with her. But she was talking about, okay, what were some of my fears with having a mental disorder? And I had just come out of a very bad psychotic break at the time. And I was like, I'm, I'm scared it's going to happen again. You know, I, I'm like, it, it terrifies me that I could get really, really sick again and maybe not come back. And she said, okay, so what if it does? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I'm scared of. She's like, right. So what if it does? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I mean, I guess I'll go through it again. And she's like, yeah. And it was pretty much the point that there's nothing I can do to prevent it happening, <laughs> you know, and when it comes, I'll deal with it then. And I'm strong enough to take it. And I kind of like that because it really like took a weight off my shoulders, you know, why I shouldn't be worried about something that I have no control over, you know, when it happens, we'll deal with it then. So I'd say that that's been the, the best thing for the past few years of my life dealing with. 
That's brilliant, brilliant. I just wondered if you could just tell me a little bit more about what what you think needs to be done in terms of kind of demystifying the condition and 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 how do we you know educate the society more to talk about this openly and 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 understand it? I just wondered if you had any thoughts around that. And this, of course. I don't know as much about the UK, you know, I know pretty much all across the world right now, we're having a lot of social issues. Um, In the US, unfortunately, we've repeatedly dealt with like mass shootings and things like that. And every time one of those happens, it immediately comes back up all this stuff about mental health, all this like, oh, well, the person shot all these people, the person did all these horrible things because they were schizophrenic and you'll have like, you know, some interview with the person's sixth grade teacher from 20 years before. Who's like, yeah, I thought they had schizophrenia. And you're like, what? You're not a doctor. And this was 20 years ago. Like you remember the person. Um, And if you're in the boat of having schizophrenia, it, it can be a little unnerving when suddenly like every few months, one of these things kind of happens. Um, and for the U.S., they're not as um, friendly as, yeah, let's get everybody help. It's usually more, let's get these people locked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it kind of goes back to on the huge scale of things, there's not much I can do other than keep being myself. And again, when most people meet me, they would have no idea I have schizophrenia. And then if you watch one of my videos, I, I'm usually pretty upbeat and happy. So I kind of hope this that'll change some people little by little. So do you think the fact you've been, you obviously are a creative individual and you've obviously, you create videos, you um, obviously you work as an entertainer. You've also um, written Understanding Schizophrenia for Kids and a, and a mm-hmm. tour for schizophrenics to see in the dark, hallucination, mm-hmm. and a delusional journal. So you've obviously very creative. Do you think that, do you think that helps in terms of how you manage the condition? But also, do you, I just wondered if that's therapeutic for you in terms of the fact that you are creative. It absolutely is. One of the, the things that's made me happiest is kind of coming out with the little comic books. And each comic book, the main child in it has a different mental disorder. So the first one um, was schizophrenia and then depression and then ADHD. And we're working on some others, but it's kind of, I, what I wish I would have had when I was a little kid, when I was having these horrible, you know, seeing monsters and everything and didn't understand what was going on. Like it's, yeah. Like if I would have had that. So that's what I, when I'm playing with these little characters, that's what I'm thinking of is if I had gotten this comic book when I was a kid and it's very uh, therapeutic for me to kind of go back and look at parts of my life when I was like terrified or scared and I don't know, kind of deal with it in a way. Where do we find you, Rachel, on, on, on YouTube? And just tell us a bit about social media and where we can find you. And obviously, you know, for people wanting to you know, follow your journals and that type of thing. Well, pretty much any social media type thing. My um, moniker is Rachel Star Live, R-A-C-H-E-L-S-T-A-R-L-I-V-E. With your Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, that, that's me across everything. And rachelstarlive.com, that's my website that, you know, has all that stuff squished on it. But definitely check me out. Um, let me know that you heard it from the podcast and we'll be like, that'll be awesome. 
Because I think we're now friends, aren't we, on Instagram now, John? Yeah, I'm pretty absolutely, excited. Absolutely, definitely, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, good, wondered, so I can harass you. I can't wait. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if you, um, if there are any sort of, um, I don't know, films, TV programs, any other kind of radio programs or podcasts that you kind of can relate to or you could recommend to our listeners in terms of, your general dealing with talking about mental health and kind of demystifying it. Well, I will go ahead and push my own podcast. It's called Inside Schizophrenia. And it's pretty much completely about schizophrenia, but different pieces of it, you know, whether you are a loved one who's, you know, you're trying to deal with somebody who has schizophrenia, or you're the person with schizophrenia trying to navigate life. So definitely check that out inside schizophrenia there. And I love to push this movie. It was on Netflix. So there's a movie on there called They Look Like People. And as far as movie representations of schizophrenics, I think it's perfect. It's a, I'd say it's a thriller type movie. It's not a horror movie, but I think they show a really amazing portrayal of a schizophrenic and their best friend so I love it especially if you're a loved one out there like it shows you how to be just a great support you know for someone who is having a very hard time that sounds incredible I'll I'll, I'll be watching that myself that sounds really good if you if you go back to when you perhaps were younger and before you had your diagnosis and if Mm -hmm. you know maybe sometimes we all can feel a bit lost sometimes I just wondered what would you say to your younger self or anyone listening that doesn't really know where they fit in in the world right now? The message is that you are not alone. And I know it's scary, but I promise you're not the only one going through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rachel. And just read out your um, Instagram uh, page. How do we find you on Instagram? Just so everyone knows how to follow you. Rachel Star Live. R-A-C-H-E-L-S-T-A-R-L-I-B-E. And I always spell it. I don't know how how famous she is in the UK, but I have the same name as a porn star. <laughs> so that's why I always spell it. It's because I know so many people are going to put it in and be like, oh, oh my. What a, what a great <laughs> way to uh, end today's talking about porn stars. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Um, yeah, and, and I appreciate your humility and your openness. So um, thanks again. Well, thank you so much, John. It was wonderful.